summon to the surface of your mind your determination that draws from this line of determined to accomplish the welfare of all I will now practice and let this determination that the energy and the emotion of this determination that it infuses your whole body and mind that by its power alone the body naturally takes on the posture that is conducive to meditation and the mind itself naturally finds its way to all you have to do is hold on to that determination as strongly as possible determined to accomplish the welfare of all I will now practice the means by which my mind will regard others only with concern for their welfare and nothing else and your body knows that when it is in that state <coughs> it will benefit and your body naturally seeks the posture that is conducive to meditation body knows that it has to be stable and comfortable just watch the legs in seeking a posture that is comfortable and stable the hands not being held up in place through any conscious effort yet they are stable and comfortable elbows not too far, not too close to the body relax, even the back naturally straight and stable and comfortable and feel the sense of ease descending upon the body head and neck sent so you don't need to consciously hold them in place mouth, teeth, tongue resting in the natural places eyes conducive to meditation for you perhaps opening them might be conducive others using them and yet still others half open might be the posture for the eyes that is conducive to meditation choose what whichever one works for you feeling that sense of ease in the body feeling deepening with every breath then bring your attention to the breath your your job so to speak is not to force the mind to focus on the breath it's not to chase away distraction to control the breath it is simply to be aware of the breath so when you breathe out as you breathe out you know you are breathing out when you're breathing in as you are breathing in you know you are breathing in whatever else is happening in the mind is of no concern no need to hold them if while they are happening you are aware of the breath it's happening during the in-breath it's happening during the out-breath then you're doing your job Taking the breath 
as the rhythm, so to speak. Scan the posture, making sure that you are indeed comfortable, that there is stability in the posture. And if you are aware of any points or any parts that needs adjustments, staying aware of the breath, make the adjustments. Adjusting the back while I'm breathing out and breathing in. I start making adjustments on the in-breath. Adjusting the shoulder while I'm breathing out and breathing in. I start making adjustments on the out-breath. In this way, staying aware of the breath, make the adjustments. Once you feel the sense of ease, have either remained stable or deepened, then bring your attention to just the breath, observing the breath. And with the mind, your intention is to keep the continuity of awareness following the breath to keep it unbroken while you follow 21 cycles of breath. You're aware of the breathing out until the end of the out-breath. You're aware of the transformation to in-breath. Continue to be aware of the in-breath. Be aware of the transformation back to out-breath as one cycle and try to hold on to the continuum of going from cycle to cycle 21 times.
You become aware of the sense of tranquility in the body, how it is reflected in the breath and the mind. And make the intention to continue to dwell in this ever-deepening From within this deepening sense of ease, bring forth your determination again, the purpose why you are meditating now, and the ultimate purpose of why you meditate. Let it become as strong as it was before, and as clear as it was before even clearer and stronger if you can. And holding on to that determination, bring your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows, at about an arm's length distance from you. space, contemplate the goal that you're aspiring to achieve and asking through what means will you achieve it. When you will have achieved this goal, who was your infallible guide? And call upon this infallible guide space and feel yourself in the presence of a bright being, a being made entirely of light. This is your infallible guide. within you that measure of conviction that you are indeed in such a presence, holding that measure of conviction in your mind, show your reverence, prostrate, and calling again your determination, take refuge trust yourself under the protection of your guide and trust yourself in its guidance same way there was a measure of conviction that you are indeed in the very presence of what is for you the means to achieve your goal, the infallible means to achieve your goal. After taking refuge, there's a measure of conviction that you are under his protection. Now show your gratitude in your mind, make offerings. Think of the things that makes you happy, whether you own them or whether they are things that are not owned by anyone or whether they are things which generation. Feel a great sense of gratitude for finally the means to achieve your most important goal is right in front of you.
to help clear your conscience admit your faults admit the actions committed under their influence and know with intelligent regret these are the very causes of the obstacles and the problems that you have faced are facing and will face in the future holding this intelligent regret turn your attendable guide and seek refuge and protection and strength somewhat protected, feeling the level of strength, make a promise to restrain yourself in the future, make the promise for a definite period of time, that is you will restrain for a moment, or a day, whatever you feel you have the capacity to do. to offset or neutralize the potentials left by those actions committed with regret something to make up and something that you will do until you have signs of purification strength of doing this purification, you feel a level of lightness, like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. Help refine the mind that you will find yourself in now through rejoicing. Rejoice in your own goodness, your merit. Rejoice in the goodness and merits of others. No matter what the measure, those whom, in whom it is difficult to find goodness, the goodness that they are able, they were able to demonstrate, all the way to those who have completely transformed themselves into only a force for good. your mind observe the conditions of beings see the various levels of suffering that they are enduring the happiness that they seek and that is eluding them holding them with compassion and love your infallible guide because your attention is filled with a heart embracing all beings with compassion and love you become aware that through the teacher 
you are connected to all enlightened beings I don't make a request to them to come into the lives of these sentient beings teach them how to truly end their pain teach them how to find true happiness again we called why you're sitting down now, what meditation you're about to do and its purpose and dedicate the merits you've gained so far to help you succeed presence now to the crown of your head knowing that this is the very embodiment of what your this is your infallible guide present now ask beg for blessings so you can become free of your obstacles so you can quickly realize the goals you seek that level of conviction your infallible guy is right above your head and whatever inseparability means to you you aspire for inseparability and due to aspiration the form dissolves into a tiny point of light and feel it descend through the crown of your head entering your heart center and there becoming inseparable with your mind whatever inseparability means to you hold on to it with affirmation that you have become inseparable back to your breath staying aware of the breath slowly become aware of the body once more
most comfortable. If you need to stretch your legs, stretch that. Welcome everyone. Uh, so we're gonna go right into the the eight verses. Uh, probably we'll reach the third verse tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after contemplating, and you take the advice of how it asks you to to the the, the kinds of. Uh, uh, the thoughts that it asks you to entertain in your mind for some time, then you start to actually develop that that uh, attitude or that sentiment that it w- that is trying to uh, trying to invoke within you the sentiment of se- cherishing others. And after you develop that sense that uh, sentiment of cherishing others, then building on upon, uh, on that, then you go to to the next verse, and the next verse asks you to see yourself as uh, whenever you are in the company of others, see yourself as the lowest um, uh, among all who are there, see yourself as the lowest, and then learn to see others in a supreme way, learn to, learn to uh, see them as, as supreme. Okay. So that one is especially uh, for those who have a, a, a w- what you might call a bad sense of pride, where you constantly are comparing, y- and and pride is not only where you see yourself necessarily as superior to others, but y- you you may even see them as superior to you. That is also a sense of pride. But the su- the to see yourself as lowest of all is not based upon this sense of pride where you where you are uh, measuring who is better than the other, but seeing yourself as lowest of all of seeing yourself as uh, of all the beings who deserve, who, who are, uh, when you take all sentient beings and you group them into one, and you take yourself and you compare and you compare yourself, whose happiness is is uh, is of uh, more importance? You, the one person, or all? So you see yourself as lowest, uh, lo- lo- as lowest, that the one, and against all those sentient beings. But also, it's more in the sense of of uh, you see yourself more like the servant of sentient beings. You are working to achieve the highest state, but not so that you can finally become uh, uh, the king of all sentient beings. You want them to do. Now they have to follow you. Now they have to serve you. But you make yourself the highest. You achieve the highest that can be achieved, so that you can serve them. And and you don't pick and choose whom who who you serve. You don't say, well, uh, these, these groups are they are worthy of being served by me because I'm, I'm so important, and those aren't. Uh, wh- whoever is a sentient being, whatever, whatever their status is, you have equal love for all of them, and you, you, you are ready to serve all of them. In order to bring yourself to that state, you have to see yourself as someone you're working for sentient being. You're working for their happiness. And when you look at back at the at the first verse where you uh, contemplated how sentient beings are, are fulfilling jewel, how w- depending on how you relate with them, that's w- that will determine what you get, what, what, re- what reality you will experience. So, you, so in, a, in that sense, you are lower than them. And no matter what you do, you are lower than all sentient beings. Because Whatever, whether it's high or whatever, uh, whether it is something grand or something uh, small, it is dependent upon how you relate to sentient beings. Okay, so even if you want to look at this from a from a from a uh, point of view of 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 uh, theism, from a point of view of a theism, uh, like uh, there's a Everyone is under the responsibility of one supreme being, and if you look at every religion, every religion is asking each person to take care of all, take care of, take care of all of them. If you don't take care of all of them, you'll be in trouble. Okay, and why you're in trouble? You're in trouble because you didn't take care of all of them. So, in a theistic point of view, sentient beings are more important. They're even more important than that supreme being, 
because that supreme being is asking you to not just uh, uh, give me give me stuff even if ask even that supreme being asks you to give me stuff it's give me stuff to take care of others okay so sentient beings are important from whatever uh, uh, level that you want to consider them from a theistic point of view from uh, from even from a scientific point of view they are more important because why why is a scientist working and who is helping the scientists uh, do all these uh, fun experiments everything is for the for the sake of sentient beings okay so after you've, you, you've developed a sense of how important sentient beings are, then it, it, it's easier for you to see yourself as a servant of all sentient beings. But not in the servant of all sentient beings in the sense of, oh, I gotta work for those guys, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, uh, I have to do this again for them, leave me alone, when are they gonna stop asking me for stuff? But more in a sense of, wow, when you serve them, when you, when you, when you uh, relate with them in a proper way, you get these these incredible things happen to you. Okay, they they manifest in a different way, and you manifest in a different way. And it doesn't matter how how you relate, change will happen. Okay. The the third verse asks you to knowing how important, how precious it is for you to have this concern for sentient beings in a way where you relate with them, you're concerned about their, their welfare, you're concerned about their happiness, you're concerned about removing their suffering. You see how this is precious and you want to protect this mind. And how do you protect this mind? The danger uh, for, for th th that will upset this mind exists in your mind. And you have to be vigilant about those other states of mind that would put this uh, this concern in jeopardy because those other states of mind which will put this concern in jeopardy if the, the the jeopardy that they put you into is that they will make you experience things that you do not want to experience so those the, whether the experience is in your environment or whether the experience is within your own uh, uh, mind stream or your own being being it comes from how you relate with others and if it's something that is unwanted, it's because you, uh, those other states of mind which, are, which counter seeing others, uh, have, viewing others as more as precious, uh, with those states of mind which uh, have, have a sincere concern for, for the happiness of others. If they are allowed to take, to, uh, take precedence, if they're allowed to have power, then they will give you pain, they will give you things that you don't want, and they would bring pain and suffering to others. So they don't serve anyone. They don't bring benefit to anyone. Now, after some time, after listening, I mean, uh, whatever religion or whether you were not religion, religion, you always heard something about uh, some some measure of ethics. You have to be concerned about others. You have to do. You have to. Th th there is a sense of developing. Uh, you have to develop, develop love and compassion for others. So why is it that after some, after some years we're not, we're, we don't become masters of this? Because f from the time that we were young, we've sort of been practicing this. We've been hearing about it. So why is it that when, once we get to adulthood, for example, that we are not masters of love or masters of compassion? Instead, we we'll find ourselves even probably struggling even more than we were uh, at a younger age. It's because we have been uh, empowering the opposite intentions more than we've been empowering the intention of, of, of loving and the intention of uh, compassion. That is the only thing. It comes from, from habit. What is it that you have been habituating yourself to? And the sneaky thing about it is that it, it doesn't, it's not like all of a sudden you have a choice to, make, to have war. And you say, oh, now let me check to see if I have compassion or not. Oh, wow, I'm a great compassionate guy. It comes from those very tiny little moments that you have to, that's where you have to be vigilant about. Somebody comes in late <laughs> and your mind goes to, oh, that, you know, that son of a, that son of a 
Why, why, why doesn't that person? That's where you have to check your mind. Okay, is this is this is this train of thought a train of thought that says that that is with it that has the intention of you have a concern for the happiness of the other uh, uh, of the person, or is it something else? And that's where you have to check your mind and say, wait a minute, what am I getting upset about? Is this is this upset? Is this going to benefit or is it going to benefit me? Who is it going to benefit? And if you if you have uh, someone who's already uh, been uh, trained or who has experience with with those states of mind, you should know if it benefits you or not. Are you in are you are you in nirvana already? If you're not in nirvana, then those states of mind do not benefit you. So who have you brought into nirvana by getting mad at them? How many people that you were angry with? Because you were angry with them, you brought them into nirvana. If you cannot count any, then it hasn't benefited others also. So it really doesn't benefit anyone. You have to really convince yourself that how those states of mind are of no benefit whatsoever. Whatsoever. At moments when they are beneficial. We are and that's where the training comes in comes in. Yes, we should be loving. Okay, I have the intention to go outside to be loving, but as soon as somebody crosses my path, you know, I have now I have the right to be angry, I have the right to hurt them, I have the right to make them suffer. Because I didn't go out looking for trouble, I didn't go out somebody, but it was brought into me, so I have to take care of it that way. And we have more of those instances than instances where we have to decide whether or not we should go into war, whether we should send an army over there. Okay. And because of those little instances, they add up, they add up. There are 24 hours in a day, there are 60 minutes in an hour, seconds in a minute. And if you want to continue, <laughs> there are moments within a second. I'm not going to say exactly how many because there's a dispute about that. <laughs> okay. So every moment, your, your, your mind is active, it's engaged, it's, it, it's doing something. So what's happening in those every moments? Once in a blue moon, you, you're deciding uh, something that you think is very crucial, uh, uh, very crucial, and very uh, crucial to, to, to your, it's actually called uh, the body, your body of, your ethical body. Very crucial to your ethical body. If, so, if it's only once in a blue moon you do that, then how do you expect your ethical body to have any strength when you're not exercising it? All, all those other moments, those 24 hours a day, those, those 60 seconds every minute, you're exercising the other part. The other part that says, well, at this moment, it's right for me to bring some hurt over there. I am, I, I am in the right, I am, I am being, I am, I'm doing the right thing by bringing pain to that person. Okay. And we, are, we even go to the point where we convince ourselves that we are doing the right thing for that person also, not just for ourselves, if I bring that pain to that person, that person will do lesson, and that person will change. Don't fool yourselves. Okay, really look at the real motivation. Are you hurting the person because you really are concerned about their welfare? That person, because they advance in some level, they take the pain that you give them and they transform it. Will you be happy? Or will you be angry that, wait a minute, this person is supposed to be in pain, how come this person is happy? <laughs> will you truly be happy? Wow, this person is happy because I tried to hurt them. Hmm? Don't, don't let that sneaky mind that's been, that's been, uh, that has taken over for so long, that has been deceiving you for so long, promising you benefit, promising you nirvana. And you know how long has it been now? It's been so long, you can't even count how long it has been. Mm -hmm. It's been promising you nirvana, and you, haven't, you don't, still don't have nirvana yet. Maybe it cannot deliver. Okay? And when you are convinced that it cannot deliver, then start just in words in your mind saying, I want others to be happy. I want others to be free of pain. And, every, and try, to have it, try to have those thoughts be deliberate. Not just uh, once you, when you become very advanced, when you become spontaneous, that's where you want to. That's that's the place you want to get to. You want to get to the place where where it's spontaneous, 
Just like when somebody steps on your toe and you spontaneously want to knock them out, knock them out. <laughs> you want someone, the next time somebody steps on your toe, you want to spontaneously think about their welfare. You want to spontaneously think about, are you, are you okay? Uh, you, need, you need some training in mindfulness? <laughs> well, not in sarcastic, okay? <laughs> okay. So... So, when you will eventually get to that spontaneous way where in, whenever you encounter someone, be, your concern will be for their welfare, for their happiness, for removing their pain. But before you get there, you have to consciously, you have to make it mechanical. You have to you know, say the words in your mind, I want others to be happy. And then you look around, I want Jean to be happy. I want Jennifer to be happy. I want Jennifer not to be uh, to have pain, and then you start saying it, okay? Until until one day when you say all beings, it actually means something to you. It's not just some abstract that you can that you can take a, a fake refuge in. You know, it's like uh, what they say in the, in the monastery. You know, do la pinchir for the sake of others. Mm. For the sake of others. Oh, why are you doing this? Oh, for the sake of others. <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's what you're supposed to be saying. Why are you eating so much? Oh, for the sake of others. <laughs> Why are you starving yourself? Oh, for the sake of others. Why aren't you eating this? Because you, because you really don't like it. Because, oh, for the sake of others. I'm saving it for the sake of others. Okay. So don't let for the sake of others become just, you know, uh, empty words in your mind. Okay. Start with one person and then increase it to two. And when the two becomes the same as the one, become the same as the same, the same way you had that for that one person, it becomes for the all sentient beings. Okay. Alright. Uh, so it's not just when you sit down. Sitting down is supposed to is supposed to empower those sentiments for that day, for how you carry out that day. So your practice, your dharma isn't only when you sit down. You're not doing Dharma only when you sit down. When you sit down, you're preparing yourself to do Dharma. When you're, out, when you're not sitting down anymore, that's when you're supposed to be doing Dharma. You hear this a lot. Sorry, I don't have time for it. The, the, the opportunity has been presented to you to do Dharma right then and there. And, you, and you're blowing it. Sorry, I don't have time for you. I've got to study. I've got to study Dharma. And you think studying Dharma is doing Dharma. Studying Dharma is studying how to do Dharma. And when you're engaging with others, when you're relating with them, that's when that's the opportunity. Okay. And I want to ask you, how many of you try that the experiment that maybe two two uh, sessions ago? Remember that that experiment? Okay, you tried it? Now are, are you uh, <laughs> did it did it increase doubt in you or <laughs> did it uh, uh, more. Or not to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it helped. It helped. Okay, it good. Amazing. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Good thing I missed that class. <laughs> 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 okay. So continue to do that. Okay. Continue to do that. Now you, you don't ask for proof all the time. Because selfish mind will come in and it will take over. When, wh when you feel doubt is becoming overpowering, then you can ask for proof. But don't ask for proof all the time and then the selfish mind comes in and takes over. Okay. Uh, entertain the selfish mind. It's had uh, since beginning of this time. Now it's time for it to no, move, move, move out of the way. Okay. All right. First verse, Dagni Semchen Tamchela, Yishin Nobu Lelakpe, Dunchal Druve Sambai, Taktuche Varzim Bershok. Well, depending on how you translate it, I'm going to translate it this way. May I, may, may I cherish all sentient beings by seeing them as more precious than a wish fulfilling jewel, as the means to achieve the highest aim. That's the first verse. And the second verse is 
Quand nous sommes dans le PC, nous avons une alimentation, 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 nous avons And this is how you see yourself as lowest. What can I do to make them happy? What can I do to make these people happy? What can I do? What can I possibly do to actually remove their suffering? And if you cannot do anything, if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the means right then and there, at least wish it. May they be free of their pain. May they find happiness. Now you're doing something for them. The wishing is doing something. Okay. And and have the, the mind almost in ready state or something. Okay. Uh, especially when you are in a community, when you're in a community where everyone comes, comes to that community with, with uh, at least having a common purpose in mind. When you're among them, when you're looking at them, asking yourself, what can I do to make so-and-so happy? Is so-and-so can I do to relieve the the suffering of, of that person. And remember, this is training. That means you're not, uh, not going to get, you're not going to, from the very first time you make that, uh, that, that, that uh, sentiment, you're going to suddenly know exactly what to make them happy. You, there might be a, a, a thought that comes to your mind that will make them happy. It's not really something that's going to make them happy. That may make them angry at you. Okay. But, in, but, but that's how you learn. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that doesn't make them happy. Now you can put that in your notebook. Doing that to such a person doesn't make them happy. Now you know. You have knowledge. Okay. When someone is about to propose doing this for that person, then you can check yourself. Oh no, that person doesn't like that. Then you can, then you can, you can tell that other person. Okay. All right. And once once you do the training, so you do the training in the community, then you in, increase the community, not just those who come to a place with a common purpose but the people you meet outside. What can I do to make this person happy? And then let it, and let it be as sincere as possible. Okay? Don't, don't, don't take, oh, I have to do, uh, this, is, this is my homework, I'm supposed to do this for this class. Okay, what, what, what makes this person happy? Okay, I'll give this person a dollar. Okay, here's a dollar. And then you move out. Okay, what, let me get on to my life. Okay? <laughs> okay. Let's be sincere about it. And, and, and understand where you are. Don't think that, don't expect for you to have uh, an enlightened, to become enlightened, okay? You're going to make mistakes. You are training, okay? You make mistakes, you make one thing that's good, you make another mistake, and you make another mistake, and another mistake, but you keep trying, and then you do, make, and you do one thing that's good, and a month later, <laughs> you, you act again, you act again, keep making mistakes, keep making mistakes, and because of your perseverance, you will start to have clarity. You will start to have insight as to what must be done. All this time, you're training your 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 uh, concern for others, your concern for others to be happy, having a true, sincere concern for the happiness of others. You're training in that. Okay. Just like it took, you know, since beginning last time up to now, to be selfish to be expertly selfish, okay? So it will take time <laughs> to be expertly selfless. <laughs> uh. All right, so we ha that's the time we have. Very important. Very important <coughs> in the training. Do not become discouraged. So if discouraged, if, if being discouraged is uh, something that's already a habitual pattern in your mind, you have to learn to undermine this. You have to learn to, to, uh, to uh, lessen its power on you. 
when you see yourself becoming discouraged, something to remove that this sense of discouragement. It has the opposite power of the opposite, of rejoicing. You know, rejoicing empowers the, the good qualities. Discouragement actually undermines the good qualities and strengthens the negative qualities. It actually does work. I mean, it does some sort of work in your mind. It's not just some neutral thing in your mind. When you feel a sense of discouragement, deliberately chase it away. Okay? You know, you're working, you're practicing, and then you make a mistake. Don't become discouraged. Yes, you can have regret, but don't let it become discouragement. Okay? Most of the time, it's discouragement that takes us away from the path. It's very dangerous. And... Sorry. <laughs> in, in conjunction with, with that, when discouragement comes, takes it away, whatever tiny good thing you do, whether it is, ah, actually deliberately said to myself, may others be happy. I'm 12 or 5. Okay, <laughs> now, it's about, now it's time for you to go to sleep. And that's the only time you, 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 you during that day you, you, you made that thought. Rejoice. Okay? Spend the rest of the day rejoicing for that one moment. Okay? It will strengthen it. It will empower it. Okay? It's very important to rejoice. Especially rejoice about just trying. Wow, I tried. I tried. Wow, that's wonderful. I tried. Okay? All right. Really, that's it? <laughs> try to have that as vividly as possible. The sense of ease, sense of calmness that you experience before the break and that it's vividness and state. My body was this way, my breath was this way, my mind was this way, and feel it in the body, the breath and mind. And to stabilize it, bring your attention to your heart center. Observe five cycles of breath. review the understandings that you gained so far or try to develop those sentiments of the verses. Cherishing others always so that whenever your mind goes to another you want to have the, the sentiment of wanting them to be happy, wanting them to be free of pain.
moving from the meditative state bring your attention to your breath again let your heart embrace all beings look at their conditions embrace them with compassion with love and let this very meditative state become for them what removes their pain becomes for them what would bring them happiness and make a very strong wish that it be so and let the wishing be so strong it's as if you are willing it to happen meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal staying aware of the breath slowly become aware of the body again begin with the top of the head and slowly more and more until you're aware of all your body from head to toe. I feel kind of strange to ask to say thank you for your uh, some nice way your loving wishes your loving wishes for Haiti and, and for the Haitian suffering there but I feel weird to say thank you as if you know I own them in their mind but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if they were here to say it they would say thank you yeah, especially for your loving wishes thank you